Welcome to the IDP Show. I'm your host, Josh Raymer, joined in the So Shack tonight. On my right, Adam Markham. Addy, how are you, home? Doing great, Joshy Washy. How are you, mate? We're, uh, this is episode two. It's Monday night. We are yep. recording the week 12 preview after a really fun episode with Kyle B yeah. that you guys will uh, have hopefully heard at this point. But uh, these kind of marathon nights are always interesting. The energy tends to get a little zany and a little loose. Mm-hmm. The more we get into it, I'm sure by like the 90 minute mark, you're gonna be like, "What the hell are these guys on right I now?" I hope we don't get to the 90 minute mark. The 90 second mark, the guys <laughs> are gonna be like, go. "What the hell is there wrong with y'all?" You but um, it's a cold night here in BG, Eddie. Sure, it sure. was cold on Monday night when you heard the cow. It's still cold. It doesn't matter that you're listening to this on Wednesday. Still cold. Still cold. Colder probably. Probably Could dropped be. a degree or two at least. Yeah. Yeah, a little peek behind the curtain, guys. We're recording this on Monday. In case you didn't know. That's right. what we do in Hollywood. I was going to say, during the holidays. <laughs> when we have to spend time with their families. No, I'm talking about Hollywood. I don't care about Thanksgiving or family or none of that. It's all about Hollywood, baby. You are trying to go Hollywood, aren't you? I'd like to at some point. You're going to get there, Addy. You I really think are. So. I think so. I yeah. think so. I feel like, uh, yeah, late 30s is when I'm going to just really skyrocket. It's when your attractiveness and sure. your personality and sure. acting chops. Yeah. Yep. So be be on the lookout for that in about you know, four or five years. Hey, if this podcast can't launch you to stardom, what the hell are we doing here? Yeah, I know. That's what it's about. That's, That's what, what we have to ask ourselves. What we're doing here tonight, Addy, is we're going to preview the Week 12 slate of games. And the reason we wanted to record this early, drop it a little earlier than usual, is because we got some games on Thanksgiving. And it's hmm. not the normal Thursday night, you know, two teams. Of course, Thanksgiving, you got six teams in the mix with three different games. So That's why we wanted to get this to y'all a little earlier this week to help you, especially as we head into now. This is Week 12. We've got, for most leagues, two more weeks after this one. So this is truly that late playoff push that we're talking about, hopefully trying to get some people some rings this year. Yeah, uh, that's all great and all. Where does Thanksgiving rank for you as far as holidays? I'm so glad you asked. I don't know if I've vocalized this opinion on this podcast before. I feel like I've, I've talked about it on mic, but Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Wow. I think it is the better version of Christmas because Mm -hmm. at least for me personally and my family, we have a lot of the same traditions. We eat the same types of food. We go and see the same people. But Thanksgiving is Christmas without all the stress of Christmas. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about gifts. You know, you get all the food. You get the football. You get to see the family. It's not for as long a period of time because it's just one day typically, maybe two, whereas Christmas can drag on for several days. So there's no gifts involved. It just, it's all the the perks without any of the the drawbacks potentially. Yeah. So it's number one. I mean, honestly, it's kind of the same for me as well. I mean, you you pretty much summarized that perfectly. Um, And with Christmas, you know, it's like, I feel like the meal is not as special, right? No. It's it's more like finger food type stuff, right? Typically. Like platters of chicken fingers and then little country ham biscuits and. That actually sounds pretty good. I think I might like Christmas a little more now. Isn't punch and you know stuff like that. Um, whereas, yeah, Thanksgiving, it's 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 just uh, you got all of it. It's it's the it's a full meal, and then you get the lefties for like you know oh, two three days. Absolutely. Um, 
yeah, it's it it's a it's a great it's a great holiday, and I've it's one of those as you you get older, you like it a lot more too. Now we'll say Christmas has you know risen up. I've always I've I've loved Christmas. Uh, you know, it's always been a favorite holiday of mine. But when you have kids, mm-hmm. it becomes you know something uh, a little different, takes on a different tenor. Once you have kids and you get to see them, you know, like Paxton loves Santa Claus. There's a big Santa Claus print in our garage. Every time we pass it coming in the house, he goes ho 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 and points to Santa. Oh yeah. Like, he loves that kind of stuff, so that's fun. I will also say, this is not as important for me personally, but name a Thanksgiving movie. Right? Yeah. Name a Christmas movie. You could name a hundred off the top of your head, probably. But if you're into that kind of, like, tradition and mythology around the holiday, I mean, Thanksgiving does not compare at all. It's one of the few holidays that has no kind of pop culture significance behind it whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, even the 4th of July has freaking Independence Day. Yeah, right. Uh, But I can't name one movie. I can name one movie that takes place at Thanksgiving. And it's not even really about Thanksgiving. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and it's also like being thankful. Like, that's not cool. Well, like the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, I don't even want to go to a parade, let alone watch one on TV. Right. Yeah. So that knocks it down. But Hey, but you might now, that you got packs, you should try it this year. What? You going to like the Smith's Grove Parade? Or? No, just so you can watch it on TV. Oh, yeah. Allie always has it on. Pax okay. will be watching it. I typically stumble in, you know, about midway through it and catch the end of it. Yeah, you, you got to watch it root for one of the floats to mess up or something. Yeah, to, to just pull somebody skyward to their inevitable death. We can only hope. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't go in that far with it, but I'm, you know, I'm in like a deflate on some people or something. <laughs> You've been in like just kill somebody, it's huh? Just, All right. That's where I'm at. It's a sure. dark time of year. Sure. Literally. Allie, every time this kind of, uh, especially once the daylight savings times happens and it's getting dark at about 3.45, 4 o'clock, women just be shook by daylight savings time. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was legitimately one of the reasons she stopped teaching was she did not have a window in her classroom. She would go to school in the dark. She would come home in the dark. Mm. She would not see the sun for like a good three or four months. That's tough. And uh, every year we have the discussion of it just gets dark so early now. And I don't like it. I'm like, honey, this, this is not this is the same thing as has always been. It does suck. I it, hate it's it. it's brutal. Yeah, like four, like four thirty now. It's just like dark. God. Not even five. It it feels too early. I think this is one of the drawbacks of the Central Time Zone mm-hmm. is five o'clock. I think is the earliest it should get dark. Yeah. And it's like four thirty. Yeah, you will. Yeah. You, you're not even home from work yet. You're yeah. driving home in the dark. It's just weird. Yeah, right. I, I, I don't like it one bit. And then it's cold. Yeah, it's way too cold. Everything sucks. Yeah, that is, a, that is a knock against the later holidays is, I mean, Halloween. Halloween's got a nice little little spot for itself. Oh, yeah, because you're great. at the end of October, mm-hmm. which is my favorite month. Usually the weather's still pretty good, at least where we live. Yeah, it was it's warm. all about candy. Oh, yeah. Right? There's uh, costumes. You got footballs on TV, so Halloween's looking pretty good as well. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good time. Now, the food, obviously, is not, not as good. You're basically just, basically just filling up on candy. and Yeah, more like the chilies and hot dogs and all the trick-or-treats. 
The trick or treats. Just breaking down the holidays tonight. Let's not even do the preview, Josh. Yeah, let's just turn this off and y'all just have a good rest of your week. Wouldn't that be like, why? Did they, they zoomed through that preview in eight minutes and ten seconds. Wow. Good for them. Try just previewing the holidays. Can you imagine Arn? Arn would fly to Kentucky and murder yeah. us both. Yeah, I think he's uh, just getting... Getting to bed. So. Yeah, here at 4.30 uh, England time. Right. We love you, Aaron. We appreciate you, man, and all the work you do to make this show happen behind the scenes. So some great prep, Addy. Let's get into it here. We got the Thanksgiving games. It's a nice little three-pack. And I say nice because what the hell else are you going to be doing? These games suck for the most part. But you're going to be watching them regardless, so let's talk about them. Lions versus Bears. And the way we're going to break it down this time, Addy, is the defensive snaps allowed Per team, we're going to categorize those neutral, favorable, or unfavorable. So if you have IDPs going against these teams, you could know just from a defensive snaps allowed perspective, is this a good matchup or not? So let's start with the Lions, Addy. They are at 63.2 defensive plays per game. This is a pretty neutral, uh, allowing uh, 1.5 sacks per game. That's 31st. Uh, 12.2 pressures allowed per game. That's 26th. Uh, so, no, I'm sorry. They have 1.5 sacks per game, 31st. So their edge edge rushing pressure situation is not good. Yeah, and they, the lost, def- they lost Khalil Mack, too. Yeah, this is the Lions. Okay. <laughs> they also lost Khalil Mack. Good start here. <laughs> Great start. We'll get through it, folks. There's a lot of numbers. Let me orient. This is my first preview. <laughs> I told you. It's not. It's You're right. It's not easy. Those numbers are tough. It, yeah, so their their defensive line kind of edge is, is, is awful. Uh, 12.2 pressures allowed per game. Uh, 2.7 sacks allowed per game. And um, the player to watch, Addy, uh, I think you actually mentioned him in the episode with Kyle B. Is uh, Charles Harris? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Charles Harris. He's uh, he's a guy that's that's really been pretty useful for us all year. And yeah, I mean, one of the few bright spots uh, on this unit. He played um, he's played seventy nine percent of the snaps the last four games. He's got nine pressures in that stretch. Seventy seven point zero pass rush grade on the year. Twenty point four win percentage. Um, so yeah, I mean that's you know. Pretty solid. He's not, you know, he's not setting the world on fire. But if you need, you know, someone that can maybe get you ten to fifteen points, Charles Harris has been pretty solid for that. Yeah, he's. You've been plugging him in, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly need him. This that time of year needs you to keep doing it, Charles. Maybe give me a little more. All right. Hey, Thanksgiving game, national spotlight. Yeah, and then it's uh, they're starting Andy Dalton. Uh, yes, exactly. The the Bears, they're, we'll get to it, but they're getting sacked quite a bit. Yep, nine pressures allowed per game. That's 11th. Um, three and, 3.6 sacks allowed per game. That's 32nd. I don't know, Addy, tell me, is that good or bad if they're 32nd? Does, um, that, mean, does that mean they're allowing a lot of sacks? Yes, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because it looks like 2.7 sacks allowed per game is tied for 24th. 3.6 is 30 seconds. So they're the most sacked team in the league. Yes, that that's probably true. is in large part because of the Justin Fields, what was it, like nine sack game that he had, like his first start. Yeah. So the offensive line has not been good. You've got Andy Dalton. I, th- I have a feeling Dalton will probably be sacked less yeah, than right. Justin Fields would be. Sure. Uh, but you don't, do you have anybody that can really get after Justin or Andy Dalton in this game from the Lions? No, I don't think so. And Outside I mean, of Charles, the Bears have an eight eighty four point four pass block efficiency. That is twentieth in the league. So yeah, I mean that's that's not a great line there. Yeah. So the player to watch, 
maybe he can get after EKU legend Tim Boyle. Did you ever think did you in your in your nighttime prayers, Eddie, were you saying, please Lord, just give me Tim Boyle versus Andy Dalton on Thanksgiving as the first game? I can't believe Tim Boyle is in the NFL. I mean, have you looked at his college stats? It's Dude, probably not great. All right. If I had to guess. So his in his career, he has one touchdown and thirteen interceptions. Is this his NFL career? This is his college career. Okay. I'm just wondering uh who who did Tim Boyle kill to get a roster spot with the Detroit Lions? Now, you did say he went to EKU, though, right? Yeah, that was his last year. This is Connecticut, so it only has his Connecticut stats. I'm oh, maybe saying. he lit the world on fire with EKU. He, I think he was a late transfer type of guy. And he's, like, old, too, right? I'm pretty sure. His name's Tim Boyle. He sounds like he's from the 1930s, <laughs> for God's sake. Because these are this is, like, 2015 when he was in college. Oh, my God. But he's younger than us, and we're sitting here saying, Tim Boyle, you're so old. That's old, though. For uh... It is old. Well, you look up his EKU stats, and I'll give you the player to watch for the Bears, especially with the aforementioned Khalil Mack out, is Robert Quinn, who has seven pressures and three and a half sacks in his last outings. Uh, outing, 44.25 points per game. I'm sorry, points in the big three scoring in that game. Uh, and then a 17 pass rush win rate on the year. He now faces the 26-ranked Detroit line in terms of pass blocking efficiency, as Addy mentioned. So, with Khalil Mack on IR, uh, we should see the lion's share of snaps go to Robert Quinn. And yes, Aaron, we do get it because they are playing the Lions. And Tim Boyle back there, I have to imagine, is not going to be, maybe he will be as atrocious as Jared Goff. Who knows at this point? what we can expect from the Lions QB situation. Addy, I'm vamping as much as I possibly can. Do we have EKU stats for Tim Boyle? I can't find him. Ah, oh, darn. Oh, well. They're probably hopefully better than his kinetic career of 1-13. and 13. Yeah, but I'm seeing – it looks like he might have had some decent games. So I think I think he was much better at EKU. Uh, again, though, it's, it's hard to find those, those stats at, at places like that sometimes. Yeah, EKU's like stats. <laughs> They were in a filing cabinet that got flooded uh, in the you know the flood of 09. Yeah, you got to do a little digging. So. Do a little digging. You got to know some people. We'll, we'll probably find them. What's this next game we got here, Addy? All right, next game we have the Cowboys versus the Raiders. The Cowboys, uh, 61.4 defensive plays per game. That's a neutral matchup. Um, 2.1 sacks per game. Uh, 8.6 pressures allowed per game. That's tied eighth. Um, and then 1.9 sacks allowed per game. So they're not getting sacked they're that much. Sacked I mean, much. Dak has done a pretty good job, I think, uh, right. reading defenses and getting the ball out. They got a good offensive line, one of the best in the league, uh, 88.5 pass block efficiency. That's sixth best. Um, so could be another tough game for Max Crosby. Um, although, I don't know, man. Cowboys look terrible um, against Kansas City, who's, you know – they have Kansas City hasn't been that good defensively, but they've been much better as of late. Um, but still, they uh, they made the Cowboys look awful. So that the, I was listening to a little bit about that this morning, just to see like what the analysis was. And the Chiefs' defense has been playing better. Mm-hmm. They're getting healthier. They're getting guys back. You see Juan Thornhill slot in for Dirty Dan. Chris Jones kicks inside. They add Melvin Ingram. Frank Clark's been playing well these past few Willie weeks. Willie Gay's come come That's back. Willie Gay's come on. So it it's a and this is um Steve Spagnolo, they talked about this is kind of his MO. 
this defense gets better as the season goes along. So is this Raiders defense the type that can put the Cowboys in a blender like Bagnolo and the Chiefs had? I don't know. Um, but we do want to keep an eye out for uh, a guy that Kyle mentioned on Monday's episode, Denzel Perryman. Back to 95% of snaps in Week 11. He's fluctuated, but generally remains in that 80 to 90% range. He has scored double-digit points, Addy, every single game so far, averaging 15.4 points per game because why the hell not? I'm pretty sure this past week was his biggest game. So, yeah, Denzel Perryman, I mean, likely the pickup of the year. Yes. Right? I mean, this was a guy that was definitely on your waivers. He wasn't He wasn't uh, someone that was getting drafted. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's he's a he's a linebacker one. And he's 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 going to continue to be it every week. Oh my gosh, what a weird what a weird weird world we live in, where that is a sentence that just got uttered this late into the fantasy season. But the reason that you may want to pay attention to the Cowboys defenders is that the Raiders are a very favorable matchup for IDPs, sixty eight point one defensive plays per game, compared to the Cowboys sixty one point four. So that's a very favorable matchup for those IDPs from the Cowboys. So if you have that kind of split decision, you're trying to figure out, do I start my Cowboys against the Raiders maybe or somebody else, that could be a factor working in their favor. Player to watch, Addy, J. Ron Curse. Uh, This was another guy that got some love here recently on the show. 95% of snaps since taking over the role fully in Week 2. 12.2 points per game on the season. 7 out of 10 games with double-digit points. 63% of his snaps in that sweet spot, Addy, on the defensive line, in the slot, or in the box. J. Ron Curse has been pretty good this year. Pretty good. And against this uh, Raiders defense, which is giving up a lot of defensive plays per game, I think I'm firing Curse up if I've got him. Yeah, I think so too, man. So there you go. Denzel Perryman, J. Ron Curse, Cowboys, Raiders, moving on to the late game, the reeling Buffalo Bills, fresh off a ass-whipping from my... Beloved Indianapolis Colts go up against the Saints and Trevor Simeon's sweet, sweet mullet. And uh, we have to look at both of these units here in terms of defensive plays per game. Pretty so similar. This is the nightcap? This is the nightcap. Ugh. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a dirty pack. This is a, yeah, this is a tough day here. Six pack it? of turds. Yeah. I mean, the best team is, I guess, the Cowboys? Raiders can be fun. But, yeah, this is a... Uh... Tough day to be thankful. Tough day. Tough day to be thankful for anything. <laughs> just going to be mad, just mean to my whole family yes, now. Yes, sir. I wish, and I'm surprised they haven't done this yet, but I am su- I would love to have a game on Friday. You know, most, yeah, I know. A, a lot of folks are off. I'm off for both days and got to see my wife's side of the family on Friday. Would love to have some NFL football. Yeah, I'd like to, I mean, I'd love a world where it's, we got one a night. I would. I, th- I think we're headed that way. I think so. Yeah, I can't especially wait. as the streaming, you know, services more and more. And you saw where Thursday night football is going to be exclusively an Amazon product. I think starting I next saw that. season. Yeah, good for Amazon. They they needed some good news. Swooped in, yeah, and spent like four trillion dollars or yeah. whatever it was to get that product. Yeah, love to see the little guy win. Yeah, that scrappy startup <laughs> from the Amazon rainforest. Good for them. So the Saints, 63.6 defensive plays per game. This is pretty neutral. 2.3 sacks per game. That's tied for 15th. 
9.1 pressures allowed and 1.7 sacks allowed per game. That's pretty good in terms of actual protection of the quarterback. So not necessarily a, a team that you're looking to fire up your edge rushers against. A uh, player to watch. Another name that you just love to bring up here, Addy, Quan Alexander. Increased his playing time since returning from injury. Peaked at 83% in Week 11. He is averaging 13.25 points per game over the past four weeks. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's what's that's why we can explain uh, DeMario Davis struggling. Um, Quan Alexander is the guy that's, that's soaking up all the tackles in production right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it seems like if you need like a LB3, 4 type, Quan Alexander is, is probably fine for you. Why not? Think Josh Bynes. I mean, similar, you know, similar mold. I mean, now the rug could be pulled out at any moment. So there's just, there's always that risk starting a guy like that. And also, he could, uh, you know, the, the rug literally could be pulled out. And he could get hurt or something. Yeah. Both Achilles could <laughs> pop on Thanksgiving in front sure. of his entire family. Sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, if, if you're in a pinch, Quan, fire him up. Uh, this was a guy that we, you know, a lot of people forget, but we we had high expectation. Like we probably thought of this guy the way that, you know, we're talking about Devin White and uh, young guys like that. You know, um, started off his career very very good. Uh, just was never able to get over the injuries, um, and he's had a lot of major ones. So it is nice to see him back out there, still being productive. But um, yeah, interesting that we we're talking about Quan Alexander, Quan Alexander, and Denzel Perryman. Why not? Yeah. Just- Hold your nose and start these guys. Again, yeah, we're not going to overdraft any of these IDPs anymore. Truly, this has been a lesson learned uh, as we look back on the season that has been so far. The Bills, 60.4 defensive plays per game. This is a negative matchup in terms of starting your Saints against the Bills in terms of plays per game. 1.9 sacks per game. That's... um, that's I guess that's not yeah I don't think that's good they're not they're not getting home a lot on, on those on those sacks again they don't really have a lot of that's less than what I thought though right I mean they're um tied yeah. for 26th I mean I thought they'd be at least middle of the pack in terms of getting home on these sacks that is surprisingly low for the Buffalo Bills and then I will say though it looks like on the um at least the sacks allowed per game we know Josh Allen is a slippery fish only one and a half sacks allowed per game 11.7 pressures allowed. So, um, yeah, this is a pretty good uh, offensive line, pretty solid. Uh, and Josh Allen is tough to bring down. He's a big dude who's got the mobility, as we know. But a player to watch from the Buffalo Bills defense, Matt Milano. Beautiful man. We're happy he's back. Milano cookies. We know Bobby's a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, took back the full-time role since returning from injury in week six. He is averaging 13.5 points per game. The last two weeks with Edmonds sideline with an injury. So I see him. I agree here with Arn as a high floor play. He put up nine total tackles in each of the past two weeks, Addy. Yeah. Love Milano. So glad he's back. I mean, also uh, shout out AJ Klein, a guy that anytime Tremaine Edmonds misses or anytime that Matt Milano misses, um, AJ Klein is a guy that is going to give you LB one, LB two type numbers. So um, yeah, love those linebackers there. Okay. All of them except Tremaine Evans. Yeah, right? That's, um, again, IDP can be really silly sometimes. And uh, this is the time of right. year where we're feeling pretty silly. Pretty silly. Right. Tremaine looks the coolest, has all the drip, you know, the just athletic freak. And it's, yeah, it's... it's uh, Here comes AJ Klein. AJ Klein. <laughs> busting through the wall like Kool-Aid man in his uh, red pickup truck. Yeah, and, and Frat Daddy Matt Milano, you know. Frat Daddy Matt Milano. Yeah. 
looking like a frat daddy. Look, truly, he, he has is. the he has the croakies, the frat straps, right? Yeah, right. That's the that's looking the, hot. The mark of a frat daddy, right? So that was the God. What's the best game here? I mean, obviously not the first one. That's just one you kind of sleep through. You get a little pre-lunch nap in. That third one's tough though to get through without sleeping because you've had it, you know, all day long. You're usually at your you're having another meal, you know. You you're eating usually like in the early afternoon window, right? Like mm-hmm. a late lunch type of thing. That's what we typically do. And then yeah, you're going back for leftovers like a later dinner. Yeah, you're having like a five six o'clock dinner of course yeah i'm going with rolls and turkey and like little sammies mm. and yeah lighter ones sure yeah exactly i'm not going for like round two necessarily yeah. but i'm going back to the left you're over well the, yeah you're getting the favorites exactly yeah the stars you're playing the hits sure so basically you're just suggesting a nap sandwich wrapped around that cowboys raiders game i think i mean i think you just nap the whole day i don't think you get out of bed i think you just cry and you watch football sure. and you have the food slid under the door again there's nothing to be thankful for y'all this is a, let's stop kidding ourselves it's a dark time of year sure literally and physically let's talk about the sunday slate just move right past that uh existential crisis that we're having Bengals versus steelers are you missing johnny at this point um yeah no you, no Johnny, God, he's such a he's a just you're a, doing great. He's a well of information. But yeah, Johnny is uh it's he makes it a lot easier for sure. Yeah. He's he's just I'm always missing Johnny. That, that sounded terrible saying no, I'm not of course I'm missing Johnny. But always. I, but you know, I don't want you to beat up on yourself. You're doing a good job. I would love it if Johnny lived here and I would just come into the shack some nights and you guys would be in here like See, halfway into a pod and I'd be like, What's going on? You're like, <laughs> It's not what it seems like, Josh, I promise. <laughs> I'm like, You MFers, you lie to me. I will say no. If Johnny was here, that means I'm having to do the steering. So, yeah, and I, uh, I don't, I don't miss that. You don't miss the narrating, as you like to I say. I don't like to narrate that much. It ain't for me. You're the narrator. Hey, speaking of which, my second book is out on audiobook now. So let's go, go. So go check it out. It's a damn fine product. I'm very proud of it. Follow the angels. Check That's it right. out on Amazon. If you don't like listening? Well, hey, you ever tried? Li- uh... If you don't like listening, you ever tried <laughs> it's a reverse watching? <laughs> Need to reverse that. Yeah. You don't like reading? Well, you ever tried listening? There you go. The movie's not out yet. Hey, so would you we cut that? Watch. Would you cut that? Uh, me screwing up? Do you think? Uh, I think you know the answer to that, don't you? <laughs> this is, I got two pods to edit tonight. This People, is yeah, not going to happen. People need to understand this. This is usually just a one take show. Josh isn't going to go back and and you know edit me looking you know edit out me looking dumb at all. He loves that. In, in fact, yes, me looking foolish. Absolutely, sure. we'll cut that at the drop of a hat. Right. But Addy, absolutely no, not. We'll put it where it happens in the in the show notes. Yeah, and uh, I'll cut it out for the little audiogram that we yeah. put on Twitter. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that uh, that Mountain Dew one did pretty well for us. It did good. Yeah, it was a nice. That was a fun little kind of throwback to our roots right there. Yeah, let's get into the Sunday slate: Bengals versus Steelers. So, Bengals sixty three point four defensive plays per game. That's neutral matchup. They are. Uh, 2.5 sacks per game. That's ninth, so pretty good on defense. And then uh, as far as pressures allowed, they're allowing 8.3 pressures and 2.8 sacks per game. So player to watch here. Of course, we know they have the widest combo of names at defensive end between Sam and Trey. We're going to talk about Trey, Addy, this time around. He played a season-high 87% of snaps in Week 11, turned it into four pressures and a sack, giving him 9.5 on the year. Good for you, Trey. 
Leads the Bengals in pressures by 14 over Hubbard. Has a 20.1 win rate versus Hubbard's 11.4. Eight out of 10 games with double-digit points in two games. Over 20 points per game. 13 points per game on the year so far. Trey Hendrickson having a nice little season. Yeah, he is. He really is. Um, yeah. You know, one of those guys that we, we were kind of curious if he could do it again. Um, he had a lot of cleanup sacks the year before, but, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that Bengals defense overall has been a big surprise. That Bengals team has been a big surprise. Got a kind of sneaky under the radar win against the Raiders this yeah, weekend. Yeah. So I just didn't really see, uh, didn't really see this, that team taking that step. I thought maybe, you know, Burrow wouldn't, wouldn't really be ready coming off that ACL and the offensive line still hadn't really been figured out yet. So I wasn't really expecting the jump, but I mean, is are, are they a playoff team? The Bengals? I think they're in the mix because the AFC North is suddenly kind of muddy. You have the Ravens dropping a just gross game to the Dolphins. Uh, the Steelers lost this weekend, right? Um, mm. The Browns are seemingly in a tailspin with Baker yeah. Mayfield uh, telling his fans to shove it up their ass. Essentially, <laughs> that Did was he? fun, pretty much. Yeah. Wow. So. Baker's not because he was getting some questions about like, hey, you hearing these boos from the fans, you know? Uh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, just basically STFU. So, <laughs> well, Baker's in a not in a great spot. Remember when he was going to ball without Odell? Man, mm, that was a fun. That, that first week was good. I will. I will say. Yep. So, as someone said, I don't remember if it was uh, JJ Zacharyson or one of those types that said, for a mediocre quarterback. There has never been a player like Baker I've seen on my TV more. Yeah. For what little he has accomplished in the NFL. Like, great job by Baker's agent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, he has that, yeah, whatever, you know, the media likes. They, they uh, yeah, they put the camera on him a bunch. Yeah, I don't know what it is about Baker. Because I every, mean, he's a funny, you know, he's a funny, cool guy. His I commercials guess. are fine. They're fine, yeah. They're fine. You know, I think that's what it is. I think they appeal to just like a big fat, like, like CBS programming, you know, Mm -hmm. that does like it's the number one most watched network, that kind of swath of people that just have no discerning taste or palate for entertainment. Yeah. They're just like, oh, Baker, I love them progressive. He lives at the stadium. Yeah, I love it. Like laugh track funny. Yeah, they really are. That's the laugh track crowd that loves Baker Mayfield commercials. So. Let's talk about the Steelers, Addy. How are they looking in terms of the numbies? Okay, so 63.2 defensive plays per game. That's a neutral matchup. Uh, 2.8 sacks per game. That is fourth best. Um, Eight pressures allowed per game. That is fifth. Uh, 2.1 sacks allowed per game. Uh, And then an 88.6 pass block efficiency. That is tied fourth. Um, And let me tell everyone what that is that I'm – yeah, pass block efficiency. Hit me with that, because okay, so this that, was a new one you brought out. That is a PFF signature stat measuring pressure allowed on a per-snap basis with weighting towards sacks allowed. So it's a little bit of, you know, it's a, it's a formula with uh, pressures and, and sacks allowed. Look at you, PFF Addy. That's right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're they're one of the better ones when you use that, that metric. Um, Sorry, but, I'm still trying to find the... Uh, the passing stats for Tim Boyle at EKU. <laughs> We're going to find this, damn it. Uh, let's hit the player to highlight here because I think this will bring a smile to Evan Ronda's face. Sure, Mr. Alex Highsmith. Uh, 89% of the snaps the last five weeks. He has scored 83.25 uh, points per game those five weeks. That's that's worked out to 16.6 average. Um, 
He has three games over 20 points, two games under seven. Um, he has twelve. Pre- he has 20 pressures on the year and a 12.8% win rate. So, you know, not the, the best um, advanced metrics, but still, he's really just now starting to get his opportunity. Um, whatever was going on there with Melvin Ingram was not good. So, uh, yeah, it's nice to see him thriving with, you know, with him no longer there. Yeah, it looks like, like you said, he has scored well the past five weeks, but has been a little boom bust. So that's the position, though. Yeah, that's the position. I think you have to live with those type of games. Yep. Um, this was what you wanted as an Alex Highsmith manager was for, um, you know, you hate that it comes at the cost of a TJ Watt injury, mm-hmm. um, but you wanted uh, Melvin Ingram out the door. I mean, this is the Alex Highsmith show right now. Who else is really out there? Bud Dupree's in Tennessee. This is kind of his show right now in yep. terms of uh, edge rushing, right? Yeah, him and K- uh, Cam Hayward, who just, what a performance he put on last Man, night. punching old, uh, old Justin, Justin, oh. old Herbs in the stomach. Boy, he was disruptive, though. I know that was a bad look for him, but he was, uh, he's been dominant. I mean, he's one, he's one of the, he deserves a lot more credit than he gets. I mean, he's he's up there with, with Aaron Donald as far as interior defensive linemen. Yeah, absolutely. He is, um, I think, interior defensive linemen, I mean, is he's he probably, top? He's probably two. Two right now. I was going to say behind Donald, right? I don't know mm-hmm. who else you would put up there above him yeah. uh, in terms of especially just real NFL play, not even necessarily IDP. Well, let's move now to the Dolphins versus the Panthers. The Dolphins are actually a favorable matchup if you've got IDPs going against them. 67.2 defensive plays per game. They have 2.1 sacks per game, which is 21st. 17 pressures allowed per game, which is very, very bad. Uh, 2.5 sacks allowed per game and a 78.6 pass block efficiency. 17 pressures allowed a game? Yeah. Jeez. That's pretty bad. Yeah. That's 32nd. So they are, I think the Bears were up there as well in terms of pressures allowed per game. Yeah, they're just constantly under duress. Yeah, two is just like, I should have stayed in Alabama. <laughs> I don't know what I'd be doing there, uh, working at the Piggly Wiggly. Yeah, but at least they'd respect them. <laughs> at least I wouldn't be getting murdered sure. by uh, grown headhunters every single week. Let's talk about the player to watch. This brings a smile to my face. Makes me very thankful indeed. Javon Holland has played 98% of the snaps since week five averaging 14.08 points per game since earning that starting role, averaging just over five tackles a game in that same span, giving him an okay floor to supplement the big splash plays, Addy. And for me, this is, I think we brought it up on the last episode, the alignment, how they're using Javon Holland when you mix that with a good tackle floor plus a very high snap volume right around 98 to 100% of the snaps. Javon Holland has suddenly morphed into what feels like a safe play week in and week out. Yep, I think so too. Yeah, plugged took Bobby's advice, plugged him and Winfield in this week. So, yeah, felt pretty good about it. Yeah, he's going to be good. Um, I like that he has the big plays in him. I mean, you know, he does He does play uh, – does it say where he's playing on here? No, it does I think not he have plays. I think he plays a, quite a bit deep. He still does play, I think, the majority of his snaps deep. But still, you can still find production there. There's still guys that, that just have a knack for making plays. He's going to be one of these types, I think. Yeah, the Panthers. Now, the reason that this is why I think we bring this up is because, again, it's one metric of many, but if you're looking for that kind of tiebreaker variable, defensive plays allowed per game, should be something you're paying attention to because the Panthers are a bad matchup for opposing IDPs. 
only allowing 58.8 defensive plays per game. That is a very negative situation for IDP managers. They do have 2.7 sacks per game, 12 pressures allowed per game, and 2.4 sacks allowed per game. So that's a 28th on the pressures and 20th on sacks with a 82.7 pass block efficiency. And Addy, I'm going to let you touch on the player to watch here. It is an IDP that we have been frustrated with for a lot of the season who's come on strong here recently. Yeah, low-hanging fruit, but people were legit worried about this guy uh, at the beginning of the year. So he's averaging just about eight tackles a game over his last six, and that is good for about 13.9 points per game uh, in that stretch. 83% of the snaps in the sweet spot, which, of course, that slot, defensive line, and in the box, that's amazing. He's basically a you know a linebacker. Um, four of his last six games have been double-digit point games um, after not putting up one in his first five weeks. So the definition of turning it around. Jeremy Chin, um, he is, what, the safety two behind Derwin James, right, in Dynasty? Um, yeah, I think that's pretty fair to say at this point. Yeah, not in... Probably not really close. I'm not getting scared off by the slow start to the season. Yeah. Still loving what I'm seeing. It's a variable position. And he's started playing well. Second year, folks. Like, let's not forget, even though he played really well as a rookie. Yeah. This guy's still his second year doing this as a profession. Safety's interesting, right, as far as rankings go, right? You got Derwin and then and then uh, Chin and then where do you go? Do you go, is Jamal still in there for you? Man. I don't know where he falls. That would be a great poll to put out, like a Jamal Adams value check. Pull out some of these. I mean, where does or Buda Baker? Where's Buda? Where's Kevin Byard? Where's Justin Simmons and Jesse Bates and Jonathan Abram and Antoine Winfield and these mm-hmm. sorts of guys? You know, that have played well this season. Yeah, because there's been a lot of guys that I feel like have seen their dynasty. There's been more dynasty stock kind of plummeting than I feel like dynasty stock coming up. Yeah. You know. Hey, big pole's coming. <laughs> that you when you unleash a pole, by God, it is big. Yes, sir. Whip that thing out. It's never small. Get to voting on it. Get to voting on it. Sure. It's uh smaller than I thought it would be. No, I think it's just fine. I think it's just adequate. Giants versus Eagles. Uh the Giants only have nine games played, so this is not from uh, Arm was putting these notes together before. Monday night game versus the Bucks, So this may have changed a little bit, but they are a favorable matchup. If you're starting your IDPs against the giants, uh, 67.2 defensive plays per game allowed to the opposing defense, 2.1 sacks per game, 18th. So not getting a whole lot of sack production, uh, 11.1 pressures allowed per game. That's 17th, 2.2 sacks allowed per game. That's 18th and an 84.3 pass block efficiency. Another safety to watch here, Addy. Xavier McKinney, one of your flag plants in absentia from the beginning of the season. Split playing time early in the season, but claimed the starting role in week four and further cemented by the Peppers injury in week seven. Now, I will say, he is the ultimate boom-bust guy these past four weeks. He has 79.4 points in that span, 19.85 points per game average. However... Two 25-point-plus games and two sub-10-point games in that stretch. So he's either going to kill you or he's going to try to win you a week single-handedly, Addy. Yep, and that's okay. And even the weeks that he hasn't, you know, 
boomed. He's been okay. I mean, he, he's got seven tackles in three straight games. He had seven tackles tonight against Tampa Bay. Um, but yeah, the, the, the monster weeks came from when he had, he had two games with, uh, two picks in each of those games. So yeah, that's, that's where you're seeing those monster numbers, but Either way, uh, he's making my flag plant look good. That's going to say, what did you have him like jumping into that like top five or six? I had him, I had him jumping into the elite tier that ended up uh, not being a very big tier at all. Say, so. Just a lot of T-E-A-R-S this right, year in terms much. of safeties. Not a lot of, uh, not a lot of tiers in not terms of rankings. So no. um, let's look at the Eagles. 64.7 defensive plays allowed per game. That is a favorable matchup, but they are not getting it done in the sack department, 1.6 sacks per game. Good for 30th. This was supposed to be a sack-heavy team, and it's just not happening. 8.8 pressures allowed per game. That's 15th. 1.8 sacks allowed per game. That's actually third. So this is a good team in terms of Jalen Hurts not taking sacks. 86.5 pass block efficiency. Question not related to defense here, Addy, that I saw kind of getting floated around after a very impressive win for the Eagles this past Sunday. Do they have their quarterback in Jalen Hurts? Oh, boy. I mean, I don't know. They do have a lot of first-round picks, so that's going to have to that's be That's the reason they, they have to answer this question, yeah, right? Is because tough. you could push these all in to go up to the first overall pick maybe mm-hmm. and have your choice of what should be a pretty mediocre quarterback class from everything we're hearing. Maybe you try to trade it to Seattle yeah. for Russell Wilson. Maybe you try to trade it to Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers. So I think the reason we're having to say is Jalen Hurts the truth. Jalen Hurts is not going to get a second year of let's figure this out if he's the guy. I think Philadelphia is either going to say he is our guy and we're using these three picks to build around him or we're pushing him off to the side like Carson Wentz and going to get our guy for the foreseeable future. Yeah, based on kind of what I was seeing from just fans – Talk about him. I think I think they're into him. I think the Eagles kind of like him. Yeah. He's played well. You got to give him his props. Yep, he's playing better. So and he's making. You know, um, I was always worried. Like, can he make the receivers productive? But he's done a pretty good job of that lately. Devontae Smith looks amazing. Devontae Smith is the truth, dude. He's very good. Yep, it's a good receiver class. It have. is. It really is. So player to watch. So on the defensive side, Darius big play slayed three defensive touchdowns on the year. He has ability to house it from anywhere on the field. He has a low tackle floor. He is reliant on the turnovers for his big games. So he could leave you with only five to six points if he doesn't get one. Uh, So this is to note, keep an eye on this. By the time you're listening to this, it might have changed, but Slay is currently in concussion protocol after Sunday's game versus the Saints. Let's move now to Patriots versus Titans. The Patriots are giving up 61.8 defensive plays per game to opponents. That's a neutral script for your IDPs. 2.5 sacks per game. That is eighth. So the Patriots getting after the quarterback pretty good. 7.7 pressures allowed per game. That is seventh. Two sacks allowed per game. That is 13th and an 87.2. Pass block efficiency is good for eighth. Pats are rolling right now, Addy. Yeah. It, it hurts me to say it because, obviously, I hate the Patriots, but I just worry Bill Belichick might have stumbled into another 15-year QB with Mac Jones and uh, rebuilt this team on the fly through free agency. I'm afraid that's what's happened. Spending more guaranteed money than anyone in the history of the NFL. And yeah. you just say, you don't like to build a team that way. You don't. You got to draft them and you know, coach them up and all that, but... 
Bill's like, now nah, I think I'm going to just wear ratty ass clothes and do it how I want to do it. How about that? I'm going to bring my freak show son along too. Yeah. My God, that child <laughs> definitely ate paint chips as a, as a kid, right? hundred percent. Like Tommy adult. boy. Did you, have, did you eat paint He's, chips as a kid? I think he's still bringing them in his lunchbox. Just a bag of paint chips. A bag of, I thought you meant Bill was bringing his son in his lunchbox. Uh, maybe it's possible. Maybe I mean he's got some. He's got some uh, sided paint chips in there. I bet you're right. But uh, yeah, this Patriots team is looking good and a player to watch. Adrian Phillips. Now, Adrian Phillips was last year's darling. Right this year, it's been all about Kyle Duggar. Duggar gets all the flash, but quietly, Adrian Phillips has. Only been 1.5 points per game less each week than his safety counterpart. So that is a far smaller gap than what I thought there would be between Adrian Phillips and Kyle Duggar. They're playing practically the same amount of snaps. 580 for Phillips to 576 for Duggar. 16.64 points per game over the past four weeks. Now that was buoyed by a 34-point performance in week eight, but... Adrian Phillips living in Kyle Duggar's shadow a little bit right now, Addy, but playing better than we probably are giving him credit for. Yeah, I think so. But, um, again, those those big weeks, all of his best weeks he's had, they, they came when he had interceptions. So um, week two when he put up 14, 14 points, three tackles and interception. Um, against the Chargers in week eight, three tackles, two interceptions. He might have – there might be some return yardage on that thing too. Um, and then, of course, this past week, 15 points on five tackles and an interception. So those are his three best games on the year. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, you know, if you're uh, if you're banking on interception, good luck. And this is something Bobby spoke to that I think is an interesting point to keep as well. Are you pushing now to get into the playoffs? Do you need some wins? If so, you may want to swing for high upside guys like this, you know? Yeah. So... Uh, it may not be a bad idea to give yourself the best chance if you slot in an Adrian Phillips. You're right, know? and the fact that he's playing this well alongside Duggar. I mean, if you know, heaven forbid, if something were to happen to Duggar, I mean, I'd imagine Phillips is going to be even more useful for IDP. Truly, so. if Duggar got hurt, Phillips enters into like league winner territory. Yeah. Truly, because he's getting the snaps. Yeah, he also I noticed gets the linebacker tag on sleeper, so that's nice. That is very nice. Now, this is a nice matchup here between two teams that are seemingly going uh, in opposite directions. The Titans on a little bit of a skid here. Derrick Henry goes out, and A.J. Brown goes out. Of course, Julio's on IR. Suddenly, Westbrook Aquina is your number one wide receiver. Yeah, Marcus Johnson went out. Remember him? Didn't he play for the Colts? He played for the Colts there for a stretch. He had a good week last week, and then I think he went out with a hamstring. Uh yeah, they they were they're banged up. Of course, Henry, no Henry, so you got Foreman and Adrian Peterson. This is just like Tannehill's like he's the Will Smith gif in the room by himself looking around like there's yeah. just nobody left. Yeah. This offense was supposed to be an unstoppable juggernaut, and they've gotten probably two games of those three guys altogether. That's true, man. It seems that happens, it seems more than it uh more than not, right? When like we all these things are set up for like, ooh, what's gonna this is gonna be amazing. And then it just never just doesn't work out. Stars don't align. Uh and then what happens now? Is is Julio get traded again in the off season or I mean at this point it kind of feels like we're reaching the stage where maybe he's just gonna bounce around and then retire. Yeah, probably you so. know. So uh, but this is an important game. I think we are going 
to see um, are the Titans for real. This was a team getting talked about as a potential number one seed in the AFC, and uh, they're coming up against a buzzsaw here recently in the New England Patriots. So um, they are a good matchup as far as looking at starting your Patriots IDP, 64.7 defensive plays per game. That is a favorable matchup. Uh, 2.5 sacks per game. That's 10th. That's probably buoyed in large part by Harold Landry. Yeah, Uh, Jeffrey Simmons last few weeks. Absolutely. So 12 pressures allowed per game. So Tannehill is getting pressured. He is getting sacked 2.8 sacks per game. So if you've got Patriots edge rushers or guys that could be in line for sacks, this is the time to fire them up because this is, uh, this has been a trend uh, for Tennessee so far this season. Uh, 81.1 pass block efficiency is 31st in the league. So mm-hmm. not, not been a good offensive line. Um, and then the player to watch, it again brings a smile to my face to say this. Jayon Brown uh, returned from injury in week nine and has played 89% of snaps since his return, 98 in the past two weeks with David Long out, 11.88 points per game in the past two weeks as a full-time starter has racked up 23 total tackles in those two weeks. Fire him up, baby. Let's I'm go. starting Jay on the rest of the way. Even if David Long comes back, Oh yeah, I'm riding it till the wheels fall off with yeah. Jay on. Now, that first week with David Long coming back would be a little scary. But... I, would, I would, yes. If you had other options that you could plug in, because Jay on uh-huh. is, is a primo for me LB2. Yeah. Right? Right. So... If you have other LB2 options or maybe you're not starting as many IDPs as we are, I'm not saying locked and loaded starter every week like a Roquan Smith necessarily or a Logan Wilson or an Eric Kendricks right now, but LB2 territory, Jayon Brown has been a very good option since he came back. Yeah, and remember last year he was like pretty much elite. He didn't finish the year. I think he played like 10 games and then got hurt. But, I mean, he on a per-game basis, um, he was averaging like 15 a game. That was like... Top twelve, so he's he is he's got that in him. That's right. So let's move now to what might be one of the worst games of the season, Eddie. We don't have to linger long on this one. Jaguars Boy. versus Falcons. They're just they're bringing all the best matchups here for Week Twelve. Um, of course, it doesn't help that I think both the Chiefs and uh, Cardinals are on by this week. I'm pretty sure. Okay, so that's good for Kyler. Get him back out there. Hopefully. Seriously, we've got to get him back. Although Colt McCoy has been just fine. Been balling, as we know. Is there a quarterback on first there? Absolutely. I think it should be Colt McCoy. I forward. do, too. I think they need to trade Keller. I do, too. I like Colt's name. It's a great name. Should be the name of a team, honestly. Ben he could McCoy. come to the Colts. Yes, sir. It's a team full of, of hymns. It's late, folks. <laughs> I'm, I'm really grasping at straws here. Uh, I did find some Tim Boyle stats, though, for you Tim Boyle heads All right. out there. All right, they've been on the edge of their seats. Offensively in 2017, quarterback Tim Boyle threw for 2,134 yards, the fifth most ever in one season in program history. So, okay, there you go, top five uh, little year from Tim did Boyle. Say uh, touchdown interceptions? No, I only have the passing uh, okay. passing yardage. Right what is? Now. I mean, it, why is it so hard to find those? It, it, they weren't listed on the College Football Reference. Um, but I've 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 come into that with you know a lot of players like from small schools like oh, that. Oh, here it is. I found it. Okay, so that 2017 season, uh, Tim Boyle had 21, 34 on the yardage and 11 touchdown passes. So good job, Tim Boyle. 
Uh, and good job, Parker McKinney, who was ahead of him on the passing yardage list. So there you go. What was it? How many touchdowns? Uh, 11. <laughs> Jesus. And yet here we have, uh, you know, keep an eye on this guy from Western Kentucky. I think Connor put out a good comp of uh, Ellinger from the Colts. A good, like, solid backup option. Mm. Bailey Zappi from WKU probably going to set the passing yardage and touchdown record Number one in the country right now. Yeah. You look him up as far as passing stats on the year, Bailey Zappi is number one. And uh, got to go watch the game on Saturday. How against, was it? Uh, Willie Taggart and FAU oh, back yeah. in the building against the Tops. That's weird. Ooh, the Tops absolutely smoked that ass. That was not even close from the from the jump. They were up about 28 nothing. About Tops are pretty solid. They're, they're a good little team. If they beat Marshall this weekend, they're in the Conference USA Championship. Oh, wow. That'll be fun. So What's Marshall looking like? Are they one of the better teams? They're tough. Yeah, this is going to be a tough game. And then the winner gets UTSA, University of uh, Texas San Antonio. That's... Uh, Roadrunners, I think, are ranked 22nd last I looked oh, in, the, wow. in the country. So who would have ever thought that? But That's yeah, crazy. Tim Boyle passing stats. More interesting, I promise you, than what's going on with Jags versus Falcons. Yes. Why don't you hit this one, Addy, while I take a big old drink of water here? Sure. So the Jaguars, uh, 63 and a half defensive plays per game. That's a neutral matchup. 1.8 sacks per game. That is 27th. Um, which is kind of surprising. You figure a terrible team like that, they would um, wait. That's that's not uh, sacks allowed. Sorry, that's yeah. they're not they're uh, st- yeah. We know they don't have a lot of. We know that that's Josh, Allen, Josh and, Allen and uh, Dwayne Smoot for, for two weeks. Yeah, two weeks there. Yeah, so ten point eight pressures allowed per game. That's eighteenth most. Um, One point nine sacks allowed per game. That's tied for tenth. That's pretty good though. Um, that's that's not bad. 85-and-a-half pass block efficiency. That is 17th in the league. Players to watch, Damian Wilson. Um, not the you know not the name most people think of uh, in that linebacker core, but he's the one who's given you, you know, the most production. Played on 79% of the snaps this season, over seven-and-a-half tackles a game uh, the past five weeks, and three double-digit double point games in that five-week span. So, uh Damon Wilson, pretty solid, you know, nice little LB3, LB4 type for you. Let's look at some of these names here, Eddie. Damian Wilson, Denzel Perryman. Uh, let's see who else we had on here that was just so gross. Um, well, Devondre Campbell's surprising, too. I mean, the fact that he's been that, you know, yeah. that elite. Quan Alexander. Quan Alexander. Man, some yeah. gross matchups and some gross IDPs. But that's why we do this, to highlight guys that... Josh Bynes, A.J. Klein, like we mentioned those hold guys. Hold your nose and start these guys, y'all. Yeah, Quincy Williams is back. I mean... How do you feel about that? That's Are you great. rejuvenated I mean, with Quincy back in the building? I am pumped. I mean, he was, uh, you know, he gave them a lot of energy previously. Uh, they clearly weren't happy with the Jared Davis experiment. So, yeah, this is this is great. I mean, I can't imagine they turned back to Jared Davis. I mean, it's a lost season there. Yeah. We're starting Joe Flacco. Yeah. Just like play this. any guys that have a hint of upside. Upside and potential. Rex Ryan is taking shots at Robert Sala. It's, oh, it's, is he? Yeah. He just said, um, a lot of people said that, you know, Robert Sala was like me minus all the, you know, all the bad parts. And he's like, I look at this guy and I don't see anything resembling what I was as a head coach. <laughs> you weren't that good, Rex. What yeah, are you talking about, Just like man? chill out. I think he was just trying to puff himself up on the football analyst side because yeah. that's like his new day job. Yeah. Thank God, you, Rex. Those guys. 
Rex most known, kind of like Mark Sanchez is known for the butt fumble. Rex is just known for the let's go get a GD snack on hard knocks. And he likes feet, apparently. Yeah, he's big into feet. Had a Mark Sanchez tattoo, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's, so, that's going thing. on with that guy. Yeah. So, Falcons, 64.7 defensive plays per game. That's a favorable matchup. Uh, 1.4 sacks per game is 30 seconds. Wow. So, if you're wondering how the pass rush is going in Atlanta, not good is the answer. 11.2 pressures allowed per game and two sacks allowed per game. That is 20th and 13th and an 83.8 pass block efficiency, which is ninth. So, players to watch, A.J. Terrell, even though he's an outside corner, he's notching some tackles. Four games so far with over six tackles, 16 tackles in the last two games. Hmm. He has an eye for the ball, seven pass breakups in an INT through nine games so far. If you're playing in a cornerback required league, Addy, A.J. Terrell needs to be in your starting lineups. Yeah, he had a really nice pick this past week. Nice ball skills. Love to see it. It was uh, one of the only bright spots for Atlanta in that game. Speaking of bright spots, let's get to one of the few bright spots on the week in terms of matchup. The Colts are busting out the uh, throwback uniforms. I think 1966 or 56, they... uh, the Colts don't have many throwbacks because their uniforms have pretty much remained the same yeah, throughout the years. Yeah, they kind of look years. like throwbacks all the time. Yeah, it's, it, we're, we could be wearing throwbacks every single week, and I wouldn't know any different, yeah. really. Uh, but they are busting them out this weekend against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, this is one of many games down the stretch for the Colts that we're going to have to win. Oh, yeah. You know, games we're not favored in. We did that really well this past Sunday against the Bills. Now we got another tough test. The Bucks just waxed the Giants here on Monday Night Football. Um, so, yeah, great test to see. Can the Colts keep this rolling against a Tampa Bay team that this time last year really started to round into form? So um, I'm nervous. I think we gave ourselves a little bit of margin with the win against the Bills, uh, but Tom Brady just has a history of carving up the Indianapolis Colts, Addy. So I'm a bit worried about this one. What a game, though. This is, is this the best game on the week? I mean, the Colts are suddenly relevant. One of the hottest teams in the league. Been playing really well. Like we like we said they should have played. Beginning of the year, we said, what was their, what was the recipe for them to be successful? It's running the damn ball. This with is what your, we said. With your, you know, amazing running back. Who's um, now in the MVP conversation, which kind of just feels like we're bored at this point. I mean, JT's been great, but outside of Adrian Peterson running for, you know, almost breaking the rushing record. It's, it reminds me a lot of that, though. Yeah, that, truly. Those, they remind me a lot of each other. I think it's just because there's no quarterback that's pulled away from the pack, right? Yeah. There's no Lamar. There's no Patrick Mahomes. Kyler's been hurt. Yeah, so um, yeah. that's the reason we're seeing this. But let's be real, folks. Running back's never going to win MVP. Who is going to be winning MVP? Now, I say that, and I'm like, but who's the MVP? I think it will truly be one of those, these last five to six weeks of the season are when yeah. the MVP front runner will emerge from the pack, whether it's Matt Stafford, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, Mahomes. I mean, who knows at this point? Herbs? Big Herbs? Be cool. I don't know. Herbert th- looked so good last night. He, I heard he was throwing some just piss missiles. Oh, and then he shit, ran for like 90-some yards, too. Nice little game for him. Yeah. Against a pretty good – it was a banged-up Steelers defense. You know, no, no T.J. Watt, no Stinka Fitzpatrick. So, yeah. Still, though. But Herbs has, has been balling. Herbs has been balling. Now, this, I think, is the best matchup on the week. The Colts are allowing 
62.1 defensive plays per game. So that's a pretty neutral uh, script for IDP. Opposing IDPs, 2.1 sacks per game. That's tied for 19th. 12.1 pressures allowed per game, 31st. That does sound about right because Wins has constantly been running for his life this season. I think, yeah, and I feel like that's uh, – we've, we've mentioned this before, but, you know, quarterbacks – um, getting sacked, that's that's on them a lot of times. Yeah, the, uh, Greg Rosenthal likes to say that sacks are a quarterback stat. Yeah. And yeah. I agree with that. I think there are situations where, like the Bengals last year, you see terrible offensive line get mm-hmm. your quarterback killed and gets them injured. You also see situations like Seattle, like Indianapolis with Carson Wentz, like Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. Exactly right. Where he held the ball for too damn long. He never gave up on a play and took a lot of sacks as a result. And, you know, those were – I remember those Philly lines were always really good. Yes. And that we've heard the same thing with – maybe it's Indianapolis's run blocking that's so much better and their pass blocking is not good. But it's just like, huh. Um, it's just – yeah. I, th- I think it's it's more Carson Wentz than anything else. Yeah, he – but thankfully, Frank Wright, Connor's been saying this all season – Reich has been a little galaxy brain, gotten a little too cute. Mm-hmm. I think he took the Carson Wentz redemption project to heart and was like, I've got to prove that Carson Wentz is our guy. We're yeah. going to feature him. And he's realized, oh, wait, I don't need Carson Wentz to be like a top five quarterback. I need him to be like a steady yes. 15 to 18 ranked quarterback in terms of you know performance. Feed Jonathan Taylor 25 to 30 touches a game get Naheem Hines out in space, throw it across the middle to Michael Pittman. And this is how we're going to succeed. This is what you saw against the Bills. It was one of the best game plans I've seen this season. And Frank Reich finally got out of his own way. Yeah. Yeah. So we've known all along. I mean, also it's like, bro, this is how last year ended too. Remember when Johnson Taylor went just crazy? Yes. Like, and even in the playoffs, he had. A, I thought he had uh, some some monster games, right? Didn't he destroy Buffalo last year in the playoffs? Yes, it was. This was a such an interesting game because it's like I don't know as far as what they're asking Wentz to do right now. How you would comp him to how Rivers was, and that Phillip, Rivers had a great playoff game against the Bills. Yeah, you know, just didn't come up with it when we needed it. Yeah, but um, man, the Bills are reeling a little bit. And the Colts are playing well, and it was just so interesting to see that so decisively go the other direction of not even really a close competitive right. game. I know because on paper, like it's a terrible matchup. Buffalo's Truly. been like I think the best at, at holding running back, one of the best defenses as well right, in yeah. the league. Seven point dogs on the road and yeah. go in there and beat them by like twenty six points. Yeah. It's yeah, a beatdown. So this is, again, uh, the player to watch with Kari Willis on IR. George Odom. Odom had a nice interception. Almost had two picks. One of them got called back because it hit the ground, allegedly. Uh, but he has played 83% of snaps since week eight. Um, Willis went on IR week seven. Uh, he has provided a solid replacement level production since taking over, averaging 10.9 points per game. Again, not the sexiest name in the world, but we're at that time of year when a lot of our stalwarts like Car Willis are on the shelf with injury. And the replacement doesn't always come in and provide you any kind of IDP value. So to find that in a guy like George, o- George Odom is pretty valuable this time of year. What's the status on Kari Willis? I haven't heard necessarily anything pertaining to his return, right? Because that was a flag plant for me, so... I'm invested in Carlos coming back as both an IDP fan and a Colts fan, but 
have not heard anything as to whether or not he'll be back anytime soon. Mm. But I will look it up here. Why you tell us about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Okay, so 63.2 defensive plays per game for the Bucs, uh, 2.4 sacks per game. Uh, that's 11th best in the league, so if they get after the quarterbacks. Uh, 7.6 pressures allowed. That is the best in the league. Um, and then they're only getting sacked 1.3 times per game. Also um, best in the league. Yep. So this so. team is... You're not getting to Brady. Right. So this is not a great week for your Quiddy Pays and uh, Alquadim Muhammad's and all that. Yeah, I mean they're literally first in all of it. Ninety point six pass block efficiency. That's first as well. Um, so players to watch for Tampa Bay. Devin White is he back? Um, he did have a you know he oh, he uh, fell back to earth a little, a little, little bit. bit. Yeah, but after a what forty four right. point game, that he was reminded going us to right. That's what he does. Right, he will have these ten point weeks, but he is one of the few. I mean, there's not a lot of linebackers that aren't edge type guys that can get you forty plus points. Um, it's like him and Roquan and Leonard, right. That's about it. That's about it in terms of like and those guys nuclear don't seem to do it. when you a uh, when you a weak type of performance. Leonard doesn't seem to be that, that type anymore. Um, Roquan can get there, but but yeah, Devin White, he's just he's got he's got all the upside in the world. I think the ankle has really hampered Leonard this season in yeah. terms of getting to the quarterback because those plays. Think about it. How many times do we see Macri posting the video and he's like, "Oh, he's just a step away from getting the sack here," right? Yeah. With a bunch of guys sacks. And that's really what these big play blow-up games are is you get multiple sacks, right? Because then you stack the tackle for losses on there, and suddenly you're looking at a 35 to 45-point performance. I just don't think Leonard's speed is there right now to get that done. So I think that's why we've seen him fall off. But, oh, Kari Willis update. I'm looking at two sources here, Horseshoe Heroes and Colts Wire. Colts hope to see Kari Willis return in Week 12. Nice. So that would be nice. So goodbye, Odom. Goodbye, Odom. Thank you for your service. We appreciate you. But I will be curious to see, is it still Sendejo they're running out there? Oh, yeah. With uh, Corey Willis? I hope not. Sendejo, man. He is bad. He remember when he was with the Vikings. He is bounced around. Mucho dog shit. He hits the hell out of some people. He does smack some people in the mouth, but he's also the Dirty Dan type that you'll look up and... There's a guy 30, yard de- 30 yards downfield with the ball in his hands he was supposed to be covering. Right. He is strictly an enforcer. Yes, truly. So, looking forward to this Colts-Buccaneers matchup. Should be a lot of fun. But here's another one we can zoom right through, Addy. Texans versus Jets. Woof. Good God. Let's just highlight the guys that are worth talking about we here. We need a woof. We um, need a woof, but we'll, uh, we'll settle for that right now. My God. Will anybody watch this? Gamblers. Gamblers will watch this. There's some tough ones on this slate. Yeah, so let's just highlight the players to watch here. Jacob Martin, C.J. Mosley. Check them out. They're doing good work. Let's Uh, move on to Broncos Chargers. (laughs) I mean, seriously, do we have to talk about this? No, we don't. I will say both, both, uh, this is weird, both teams are allowing 66.2 defensive plays per game. That's a favorable matchup. So, um, God, this thing keeps going. It really does. There's a lot of games there going on. There's not a lot of buys this no, week? No, there's only two teams on buy. Oh, lucky us. Lucky us, right? Yeah, let's just move on. This These teams are effing terrible. We don't have to spend too much time here. Uh, well, let's, you mentioned Jacob Martin has been playing well. Why don't you uh, 
Give us the breakdown on Jacob Martin before we move on. You yes. have to honor Aaron's sacrifice going to bed at 434. Sure, sure, sure. So weeks one through nine, he didn't play more than 61% of the snaps. Week 11, he jumps up to 80%. But, of course, Jonathan Grenard was out. Um, so over 13 points per game, three out of his last four games. Um, other game was a goose egg, though, so you got to watch out for that one. Um he leads Texans edge rushers and pressures with 24. He has a 13.0% win rate. So, yeah, Jacob Martin, he's uh, he's the guy I think you want, um, you know, other than than Jonathan Grenard there. So, um, with, you know, Omenihu being shipped off and all that stuff, it's, it's opened up even more playing time. So, yeah, I love Jacob Martin. Uh, J- Jacob Martin. I do love Jacob Martin as well. <laughs> My cousin works over at the Piggly Week. Can't wait to see him on thing. That's right. I can't wait to punch that bastard in the face. He owes me money. He's there. What about CJ Mosley? Now, Mosley opened strong for the strong. Man, it is late. It is late. It is late. Open strong for the Jets, averaging 12.85 points per game through his first five games. In the four games since the bye, though, averaged 10.18 points per game. Two of those games have been less than double digits. Uh, now, he has been woeful in terms of BFF grading. Chewy. Overall, 32.5 run defense, 28.7 tackling, 59 was his best grade. Coverage, 48.3. Is this maybe part of the reason Quincy's back in the mix? I know, you know, Jared Davis was the big part of it, but um, they're just looking at this linebacker group like, God, you guys are awful. Yeah, I mean... He he's not going to be someone that I think that they're you know keeping long term. I was going to sure say I'm going to get cut as soon as they can. I'm going to look up his uh, his contract situation. I know it's awful. Remember that he oh, signed a, a gigantic deal. Adam Gates was like, I don't really want him here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you got to remember he immediately threw him under the bus. So let's look at C.J. Mosley from Spot Track. So he has a potential out after 2023. So they would actually. Uh, incur a about a $20.5 million dead cap hit if they cut him next offseason. <laughs> Jeez. And they only he only cost 17.5 against the cap. So it actually cost $3 million more to cut him than keep him. Okay. And they still might cut him. That's pretty bad. Yeah, it drops to $3 million dead cap after that. So we'll see. But um yeah, CJ Mosley, Jacob Martin, if you got him, fire him up. If you have him, you're probably firing him up anyways because you're in just dire straits, Addy, as we know. Correct. So let's move to Broncos Chargers. This is actually a little bit more interesting game. You mentioned Herb's out there throwing some dimes, Addy. Uh, this Chargers team, especially after that win against Pittsburgh, is right back in the mix for the uh, AFC Wild Card. Heck, maybe even for the AFC West, even though it seems like the Chiefs are about to reassert their dominance over the AFC West. Yeah, I think so. But a couple of players to watch here. Bradley Chubb. I don't know. Looking kind of interesting. Von Miller, as we know, is in Los Angeles now. Chubb is back at practice today, Monday, which officially opens the 21-day practice window during which he can be activated from injured reserve, Addy. Can't wait to get Chubb back, only to see him suffer another crushing injury and go back on IR. 25-year-old has been sidelined since undergoing ankle surgery after week two. We know that uh, Von Miller is with the Los Angeles Rams now, so if they're going to get the wild card, they need to get somebody like Bradley Chubb back in this lineup. Yeah, we'll be interesting to see how um, that rotation is whenever 
Chubb comes back because, you know, they got Cooper and Malik Reed there now who are mainly getting all the snaps. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully they can still keep all three of those guys on the field at the same time, but we'll be watching that closely. Yeah. Don't mess up no Jonathan Cooper, please. Yeah, please, do we need this. We really need him. Don't take this from us. We please. beg of you. So the Broncos, they're not a great matchup for your IDP, 60.1 defensive plays per game. That's a negative matchup. 2.4 sacks per game. That's tied for 12th. That's more than I thought they'd be getting, honestly. 11.4 pressures allowed per game. That's 12th. Three sacks allowed per game. That's 29th, so not great. Maybe a good time to fire up your Joey Bosa's and uh, your other uh, Los Angeles Charger pass rushers. Uh, 82.5% pass block efficiency, which is 28th. So, no bueno. It's maybe a good... Chargers weekend, Addy. The Chargers themselves are a pretty nice matchup, a favorable matchup for opposing IDPs. 64.6 defensive plays per game. Two sacks per game, that's tied for 23rd. 8.7 pressures allowed and 1.8 sacks allowed per game. They're not getting to Big Herbs that much. Big Herbs is being pretty well protected. 88.7 pass block efficiency. Rayshon Jenkins has Man, been the truth for them. That's who I was thinking of. Yep. Yep. That uh, that offensive line has just been rock solid. So. Oh, I was gonna say Eckler, Austin Eckler. Um, he has the worst celebration. You're not a fan of the play on the guitar. I hate it. It's kind of corny, isn't it? It's so corny. Yeah. But anyway, I just want to say that. Yeah, it had to be said. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it when you do that. Austin. Who's with LT? Will always have my favorite se- celebration, Ladanian Tomlinson. The little flick was just so simple and that so was, cool. It was great. Uh, who has the best celebration in the NFL right now? Right now? Oh, I don't know. Um, Jefferson's pretty good. I was gonna say that was where my mind went. Yeah. You know, as far as the gritty. But you know, Jamar Chase does the gritty as well. Um, Who's gritty is better? I think Jefferson. Jefferson, probably. since he's been, you know, he's kind of doing it the most. He brought it into the league, didn't he? Yeah. Um, always liked, historically, always loved Adrian Peterson to high step into the end zone um, when he would have those breakaway runs. Uh, Arian Foster had 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 a good. Didn't he do the? Uh, he bowed, bowed like a namaste type of thing. Always liked that one. I did love that Cam. Which, by the way, my favorite part. I should have mentioned this in the episode, but Kyle. What I've loved about football, I love Cam being back with the Panthers. That that uh, him screaming "I'm back" was pretty damn cool. You like that? I did. I did because Cam's always got that kind of showboat to him as well. But you saw it in that game as well—the leadership uh-huh. on the sidelines. Not even yeah. the full-time starter, but got the guys huddled around him. That was cool. They lost a tough one because Heineke was just unconscious in that game. Like he was doing some magician stuff. He does like that third and fourth down. He's an entertaining backup. Like yeah. Nate Tice said on the Athletic Football Show, he is a backup worth watching. Yeah. And that's pretty high praise. There's not a lot of backups you would say that about. So, Mike White. Yeah, Mike White sees an RIP. Uh, but the, yeah, I, I love the Cam reunion. It felt like a couple that never should have broken up, and now they're back together, and it's like, I just love you all together. Yeah, is, is so Darnold, I mean, that's done. I think they're pretty much, the way they're talking, Darnold's done for the season. Because from what we've heard as well, at least the whispers from the bushes, Cam might be their starter for 2022. Wow. Yeah. Paying Teddy's dead cap, paying Sam Darnold still 18 whatever million it is. Sounds like a bad GM to me. Yeah. I was talking to Connor and Dad about this. It seems like, you know, their new owner, David Tepper, he's a he's a finance guy that's made it, you know, made his millions and billions in 
business deals. And he strikes me as the type of guy who's not afraid to take some losses in the short term to get the big win that he's looking for. He doesn't care that he's paying three other quarterbacks. He's paying Cam Newton twice. Like, he doesn't care. As long as he gets the quarterback that he wants, I mean, he's obsessed with this right now. That's why you saw them hot and heavy in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. That's true. Yeah, well, you better start putting together some wins or seat's going to get a little hot. I don't know that Tepper's seat is going to get hot, but Matt Rule's seat might get hot. Is Tepper the owner? Tepper's the owner, Okay, all right, yeah. Who's the GM? I think that's Scott Fitterer. Okay. Well, he's he's probably in trouble too. His he's... butt is just real hot. It's a big sweaty ass that's got a lot of heat to it. <laughs> he's got the hot butt. So who is the IDP that we're paying attention to from the Los Angeles Chargers, Eddie? My boy, Drew Tranquil. Um, even though Murray was activated to play versus Steelers, he only saw fifteen percent of the snaps as Tranquil returned from COVID to play sixty four percent. So he has had three of seven games this season with eight tackles or more. So there's a pathway to production, uh, production if he keeps it up. You're a Tranquil fan. You traded for Tranquil and gave him the extension. Was that a long-term type of move, or were you expecting returns this season? Um, Yeah, potentially, yeah. I, I thought that he might be useful for me. I, I wasn't really sure. At that point, it was like, you know, that's when we were still like, is it going to be Kaiser? Is it going to be Drew? What's going on with Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Murray when he returns? It was around that time, um, so yeah. I mean, I I, uh, I do like I do like Tranquil. Um, I, I think I like him probably more going forward than I do short term, though. Um, I think that he he has a chance to maybe not with the Chargers, but with his next team, he has a chance to to maybe be somebody special for us for IDP. Maybe like a Denzel Perryman, something like that. You know? Yeah. It took about you know three or four teams for him. Yeah. But I think I think Tranquil's next destination. Someone will um Chargers may not, you know, extend him or re sign him. Um someone will have their eye on him. Let's talk about your team, Eddie. You ready for this? Hey, nice win against the Packers this weekend. It's crazy, man. I guess uh yeah, I guess we're gonna we're gonna do it again. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do <laughs> it, huh? Okay. Hey, did you see that uh Old Zimmer is dating just an absolute bombshell. No. Have you not seen this? No. Uh-uh. Oh, man. He confirmed the rumors that he's dating like some swimsuit model and who's she's... like mid-20s. Oh, like... wow. Oh, yeah. Look this Look this up while I'm giving the stats here because... That's uh, very weird. Because Zimmer is like probably in his 50s, if I had to guess. And Maybe. I'm pretty sure he's got like a daughter probably around the same age. Maybe it's his daughter's friend. I don't know, but probably so. She's she's a very attractive young lady, and uh, you feel good that Mike Zimmer has found love in his life. Potentially, that's all we want for Zims is bring the pressure on third and fourth down and date a swimsuit model. Don't yeah. tell me this is a hoax. You, did you find it? No, it's true. Yeah, her name's Tina Glass. She's wow, the girlfriend of football coach Mike Zimmer, um, the NFL coach for the Minnesota Vikings, who found love again after the tragic death of his wife. That's weird. Oh, wow. So All he went right. from tragic death of his wife to let me uh, bag a swimsuit model here? Looks like it. Good for you, Zams. So. Good for you. Hopefully he's found happiness. Hopefully he has something to be thankful for this week. So the 49ers versus the Vikings, Addy. This is uh, It gets a little juicier. I was looking down through the dock. The bad matchups were up top. We're into some nice games here as we get later on in the slate. Could they have put one of these maybe on Thanksgiving Day? That would have been nice. Seriously, could we have swapped out... 
Lions, I know you don't have a lot, but I don't need you in my life every Thanksgiving. I think the Lions got to stay. That's their thing. That's their only chance to get prime time. They got to stay. No, I want them out. I don't want the first game being sullied by these damn hey, Lions DeAndre anymore. DeAndre Swift, though. That's yes, sir. Tim Boyle, though. EKU's finest. Fifth finest, I think it was, in yes, terms sir. of pass. That was 11 touchdowns. I remember all 11 of them. EKU's fifth finest. Yeah, that's a great thing to put on a tombstone. Um... 60.5 defensive plays per game. Uh, 49ers are giving up to opposing IDPs. Not so good. That's a negative matchup. 2.3 sacks per game. That's sacks per game. That's tied for 15th. 7.4 pressures allowed per game. That's second. And only 1.9 sacks. So p- people are not getting to the combination of Trey Lance and Jimmy G. They have 87.4 pass block efficiency. Addy, I'm going to let you take the player to watch here because uh, one of these guys I know is a favorite of yours. You've been talking him up for a while. Yeah, Mr. Aziz Alshier um, and Dre Greenlaw. These are the players to watch. Greenlaw has been designated to return from IR um, with his groin injury. And as we know, Alshier has been productive in replacement, but you have to wonder if Greenlaw is going to take his job back. Um, five out of the eight games for for Shear have been double digit points. Um I mean he's been great. He's been a he's been a very solid LB3. He's actually been heating up. Um there was a stretch where I was like, ah, is he gonna not be anything? But he's been great. I, I did actually drop him in a league where I was filled up with linebackers. Um and I kind of regret it because someone else has him on their team and uh he's been doing okay for him. So um but yeah, I mean overall I don't know. I, I I don't really know if if Greenlaw actually gets the job back. Shanahan was 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 saying some pretty nice things about about uh, Alshier, um, and he's he's been grading okay. He's in the sixties on his grade. Um, we'll see. I think it's probably a little bit closer than than people think. Man, we might be forgetting about Dre. I was gonna say, are we about to forget about Dre? <laughs> we might be forgetting about Dre. Man, what a bummer. But Alshier's played well. He's played good. I mean, and, you know, Greenlaw, he, he had that monster week one. Yeah, maybe they do give him another chance. Um, but Shear's been good. Been surprising and been solid. Yeah, so the Minnesota Vikings, this is a favorable matchup for your IDP 65.1 defensive plays per game. 3.1 sacks per game, Addy. That's number one. Surprising, isn't it? Y'all the most sacking team out there. Yeah, but that's not going to keep up. No more Hunter. No more Hunter. That hurts yeah. a lot. So... Uh, 11.7 pressures allowed per game. That's tied for 23rd. 1.4 sacks allowed per game. That's second. So they're pressuring Kirk but not getting to him. Yeah. So that's uh, that's always kind of interesting. 84.4 pass block efficiency. Player to watch, DJ Wanham. Played 90% of snaps the past two weeks. Only total 3.25 points across those two weeks. Did, however, accumulate three pressures in each game. But he only has a 7.2 win rate so far. The volume is there, Addy. Can he convert? God, no. Yeah. No. Not against the uh, – this is not a good matchup for him. It's just – I mean, there's no good matchups for Mr. DJ Wanham. He has had all the opportunity in the world, um, and he is not doing anything with it. He's so. booked a lot of house parties, but he's not getting a lot of referrals and word right. of mouth and we, good Yelp reviews. We love his first name, that's for sure. But, you know, guys like Kenny Wilkes, a guy that came off the practice squad, has already – Looked better when he got a shot than uh, the Mr. Wanham. Um, still hoping to see Patrick Jones at some point um, in a larger role. So, 
yeah, DJ Wanham, not someone you're going to want to roster. I mean, love that he's getting the opportunity, but the stats and uh, points are not there for us. Maybe if he went, I don't know, DJ Pressure. DJ Pressure would be good. DJ Sack. Yeah, I like DJ Sack too. DJ TFL. Boy, yeah, you got <laughs> some something right Brandon there. opportunities galore. So that's a nice game. Pick that game, Matty. I know you're a, you're a former Vikes fan, so... Uh, uh, San Fran's going to win this one. You think so? I think so. I think so. They're... they're um, they're, they're playing feels like better. a classic letdown game. Yeah. It's a high emotional game. Here we go. Vikes are back in it. And yep. Zimmer's face is going to be about 10 shades of red <laughs> on the sideline. Right. I mean, him and Kirk are just going to devolve into an all-out fist fight at some point, aren't they? I think so. Man. All right. Another game here. Packers-Rams. We're getting a little bit into it. Addy, what does a homeopathic toe remedy look like for Aaron Rodgers? Um, do they do a healing seance with candles around the foot to bring the toe back to life? I don't know. Whatever he did, it it worked. He, uh, I think he threw for what three eighty five and four touchdowns this yep. past weekend. So, so yeah, I, I I didn't know about the toe being an issue, but yeah, I, I saw that. Um, I saw it after the game. Maybe by you. Maybe you said something like about that. That exact yeah. same thing. Well, it, yeah, I, I wanted to recycle that because I felt you. like that was a good bit. Look at you. Hey, look, you know. That's how it works, guys. This yeah. is Hollywood. This is Hollywood. A little peek behind the curtain. Sure, I'm going to reuse sure. that material. Hey, I say my tweets all the time. Yeah, we say your tweets. We read your polls. Uh, sure. A lot of, a lot of uh, retreads here on That's the right. pod. So the Packers versus the Rams. Nice matchup. The Rams coming off their bye week. Uh, 61.3 defensive plays per game for the Packers. That's a negative matchup for your opposing IDPs. 2.4 sacks per game. That's 14th. They are allowing 8.9 pressures per game, which is 16th, and two sacks per game, which is 13th, with a pass block efficiency of 86.1, which is also tied for 13th. The player to watch was someone I think, A, that you maybe said you were thankful for or that you thought would be coming on here at the end of the season, Mr. Preston Smith. Speak on it. Sure, yeah. Um, played 76% of the snaps with uh, Gary and Merciless out. Yeah, um, Merciless is done, right? Yeah. And I, then, I didn't even realize Merciless was over there. I didn't either. Yeah. when some, On one of the episodes, we were, I think we were talking about him being with the Packers. I was like, eh, is that a mistake? Yeah, and then all, it's like when Johnny and the monster be like, wait a minute, no, I've got to check that out. That can't be right. And then it's like, no, Whitney Merciless was actually there in Green Bay for a bit. Yeah, we could do that more if you uh, commit to editing, Josh. Absolutely not. But yeah, he played 76% of the snaps this past week. He notched his fifth sack of the season, um, and he had a 32.5-point performance. So, 31, Good job, Preston. Yeah, 31 total pressures on the year. Uh, with a 13.8% win rate. Um, and they need him, right? With Gary out, with Merciless gone, with uh, Zadarius Smith still out. They certainly do. The only the only rub with Preston Smith is if he doesn't get the sack, there's a good chance you're not going to get anything. That's a zero, right? Yeah. If you don't get a sack from Preston Smith, you're probably like, yeah. oh, no, what have I done? Yep, he is the definition of boom bust. Yep, so let's look at the Los Angeles Rams. Conversely, they are a favorable matchup for your opposing IDP. 65.8 defensive plays per game, 2.9 sacks per game. That is tie. I'm sorry, that's third. 7.5 pressures allowed per game. That's third. They're very good at taking care of Matthew Stafford. Only 1.5 sacks allowed per game, tied for third, and an 88.6 pass block efficiency. So 
not the right time to fire up your pass rushing options for the Packers. Not that you have a lot. Most of them have been depleted at this point, so probably not the time to throw out Preston Smith if you're hoping for that sack. Probably not the week you're going to get it against Matthew Stafford in this Rams offensive line. Let's talk about the player to watch, Ernest Jones. Playtime has been a little bit up and down the last three weeks, Addy. 89%, 62, then 82. One massive week uh, in uh, week eight with 31.65 points, followed it up with a 4.5 and a 5.5 point game. That's pretty stinky. Reader is still playing 83% and 76% the last two weeks. Get you. So the job in the middle is historically profitable. So we want whoever wins it. The problem is, Addy, I don't think we know who it's going to be right now. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, but, you know, if if Reader and, and Ernest are both going to be getting around 80%, which is what they've kind of been doing the last few weeks, um, both are, they, are fine. Are, are they one of the rare unicorn teams that has two linebackers playing a healthy amount of snaps? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it seems like they are right now, so... Yeah, I mean, if you're in your leagues where we start four linebackers, yeah, maybe they could, you know, crack your rotation. It's just how how risky are you feeling, you know? How lucky are you feeling? Punk. <laughs> it is late. It is super late, and we got two more games. So let's, Thank God. Uh, let's get through them here quickly. The Ravens versus the Browns. This is another important game here. Like I said, the slate improves considerably as we get Further down the list here, Ravens, man, they are not great for your opposing IDPs. 59.8 defensive plays per game. That's that's a negative matchup. 2.2 sacks per game. That's good for 17th. 11.6 pressures allowed per game. That's 22nd. And 3.4 sacks allowed per game. So Lamar is getting sacked on the season. 84.7 pass block efficiency. The player to watch, Tyus Bowser. 77% of snaps the last three weeks, averaging 16.08 points per game in those three weeks. 11 pressures also over those three weeks, two sacks and four QB hits with a 15.6% win rate. Take a bow, Tyus Bowser. They're uh, Baltimore is so good at finding those edge rushers, aren't they? Just out of nowhere. I mean, Zadarius Smith, Matt Judon. It looks like Tyus Bowser may be the next one of those types. I almost called him Tyus Browser, like, like Internet Explorer. I like the I like Bowser too though, right? Yeah, the dinosaur from Mario. Yeah. That's a great name. That's great. DJ Bowser. That has a good ring to it. Maybe they could just swap. He could be Tyus Wanham. They should. That, that, that would I think help both of them. The Browns not a great matchup for your IDPs. Fifty nine point seven defensive plays per game. That's a negative, uh, negative matchup. Two point six sacks per game. That's tied for six. Most mostly off the back of Miles Garrett. pressures allowed per game is good for 11th and 2.8 sacks allowed per game, 27th. So it's always interesting to me necessarily when you have a lot of pressures, but not a lot of sacks. So that means the quarterback's good at getting rid of the ball, sensing pressure, not, you know, stepping into sacks. This tells me that Baker is not good at avoiding those sacks when pressure gets into his face. And, uh, a pretty decent offensive line, it looks like, in terms of pass blocking. 85.7 is good for 15th. The player to watch here, Addy, and I want you to take this one because we've had this debate before. And I'm cur- curious where you're coming down the rest of the season. JOK, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa versus Anthony Walker. Man, I mean, kind of Walker. 
I thought that Anthony Walker, I, I know we had, um, I can't remember who I was talking about with it. Maybe Johnny. Maybe, and he was, he believed that it was JOK because I think he talked to Macri and uh, Mike about it. And that's kind of where they were, they were landing on it. But, um, I don't know, man. I mean, the snaps have not been there. They JOK been there. has only played 31% and 29% since returning in week 10. Yeah. There's, yeah, they're hesitant to, to give it to JOK right now. Maybe he's still hobbled. Um, and also, I mean, that, that Cleveland team has not been good. So, I mean, if, if that continues, there's, there's really no reason not to give JOK a larger role. I really don't have a good feel on it, man. I, yeah. I don't, I really don't know. I think right now I'm rolling Anthony Walker uh-huh. out there. He's played 78% and 100% of the snaps the past two weeks. His points have dropped, though. He's only averaged eight points per game in those two weeks. In the four weeks before, he averaged 16.31. So this is a situation to monitor. I think if you have to roll, if, you know, you're on the fence. Maybe you have both guys somehow. I'm rolling Anthony Walker out there until JOK gets more playing time. Yeah. And I think if you're the Anthony Walker manager, you can roll him out there with confidence yes. as like a LB2-3 type of option. Definitely. So just don't maybe expect. I think he's somewhere in the middle of that 16, 8 to 16 point range, yeah. right? Like I feel like if you get double digits from Anthony Walker, consider that a successful week. Yeah. So... Let's wrap things up here, Addy. I don't know if this is the Sunday or Monday night game. I don't know what day it is, honestly, anymore. This is another bad football game. Yeah, football team versus the Seahawks. The football team, 62.3 defensive plays per game. This is neutral for your IDP options. Two sacks per game, that's 23rd. 9.5 pressures allowed is 14th. 2.3 sacks allowed per game is 19th with an 86.1 pass block efficiency, which is tied for 13th. This is a player... To watch that Bobby actually mentioned on the last episode, Addy. Cameron Curl coming on strong here at the end of the season. 95% of snaps the last five weeks. Uh, 9.9 points per game in that span. 59% of his snaps in the sweet spot. And he is grading phenomenally at tacking, tackling and also tacking. Why not? So there's no reason the WTFs to take him out of the box. And yeah. tackle grade and a 70.8 overall PFF grade. Cameron Curl, it's it's been a little bit of a ping-pong situation, I think, this season, but I think it's arrow up for Cameron Curl rest of season, arrow down for Landon Collins, it seems like. Yeah, I think so, but still, it hasn't really been what we thought it would be for Cameron Curl with him playing those all those snaps. Um we expect a little better production. Last year, remember, he was like top five as far as points per game, and that has just not been the case this year. So, um, love to see him, you know, getting the opportunity and getting the playing time, but uh, not the same Cameron Curl from last year. Unfortunately not. For IDP, he's, he's a good player, though. I think he'll be on a lot of people's probably like breakout or bounce back list, I think, uh-huh. for 2022, yes, right? right? Especially with Landon Collins out the door. Yes, if this is officially his job. So, speaking of not what we thought they were going to be, the Seahawks, the only thing really worth mentioning about the Seahawks, I believe this is number one, 72.8 defensive uh-huh. plays allowed per game. For sure. I think this is the most favorable matchup you can have for IDP. So, if you got them for Washington, fire them up. I mean, you're averaging over 10 defensive plays more per game for your Washington IDPs than your Seattle IDPs going against the football team. So 
1.7 sacks per game. They're not getting it done off the edge uh, and with the pressure. 10.6 pressures allowed per game. That's 18th. This is important. This is what we're talking about with Russell Wilson. So 18th in pressures allowed. 3.3 sacks allowed per game. That's 30th. For all his flaws, you know, for all his brilliance, one of Russell Wilson's major flaws, he takes a ton of sacks and a ton of sacks that are his fault. Uh, 81.7 pass block efficiency. So his line's not doing him a lot of favors, but this has long been a problem with Russ, and one of the reasons he doesn't get to cook because he takes a lot of sacks. But player to watch here, Eddie, we're going to bring it home with another guy I've heard you talk about quite a bit this season, Mr. Daryl Taylor. Yeah, Taylor, he had a scary injury in week six that saw him carved off the field and take him to the hospital. Uh, Uh, It's like Bobby said, thankfully a local hospital. Yes, Yes, true. Uh, and he returned to action in week 10 and has been quiet both weeks since returning. Um, but before the injury, Taylor had four sacks in five games um, and was a prime waiver pickup. So he had 14 total pressures and four sacks and an 18.4% win rate. But then, yeah, the injury happened and it's just kind of all gone away. Do you think he can get back to that pre-injury form? I would think so. I would think so. Again, we were Seattle needs it. They I mean, really do. Where is the where is the pass rush coming from right now with this team? Yeah, that team, boy. I mean, obviously Russell Wilson's not right. Um, that finger's still affected because that offense looks awful. Yeah, they were doing a good breakdown of the Seahawks on the Athletic Football Show, and they said Nate was saying that you have Russell Wilson with this really basic goal line play, right? Like this is college quarterback day one install. Clean pocket, he absolutely panics, bails out. They have to kick a field goal because they blow it on third down. He's not trusting what he's seeing at all. Like Nate said, this is not a complicated. This is not a complicated play. This is something you do your first day of install as a college quarterback, and he absolutely panicked. Hmm. And then, like they were saying, name the blue chips, right? Like name the blue chip players on the Seattle Seahawks. DK Metcalf, maybe Jordan Brooks. Maybe Jamal Adams. We know Russell Wilson. Did yes. they say Jordan Brooks? Mm-hmm, they did. Wow. They're big Jordan Brooks fans. Okay. But like that. Even then, I got one blue chip for sure in DK Metcalf. Some guys that you could make a case for, like Brooks, like Lockett. Did you mention Russell Wilson? Yeah, Wilson we know. I that I think the argument they were building is, is it just time to blow it up in Seattle? I think so. Do you cash out the Russell Wilson chip and start the rebuild? Yeah, they probably should. It's not working out there anymore. Russ is clearly unhappy. I mean, we saw his camp putting these stories out before this season of like... But didn't they sign a big deal? Uh, the I think the big deal for Wilson was a while back. I think... I don't think that's indicative of him staying in Seattle much longer. Okay. And you, it's a, it's a contract I'm sure you could trade. So... We'll see. We'll see where Seattle is after this. I don't know why you would ever trade a franchise quarterback, but they just seem kind of stuck right now. Yeah, I mean, they're... Could you call Philadelphia and get those three first-round picks? Hmm. I think you could. I don't know. Not with Jalen Hurts there, though. That's kind of... What about two first and Jalen Hurts back? I'd do that. I'd smash that all day if I'm Seattle. Right? I think I would do that as well. But I don't know if I like that if I'm Philly. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, because where's your team at, even if you add Russell Wilson? Is he the missing piece that makes you a Super Bowl and he's contender? aging. I mean, he's uh, he's over, what, he's like 31, 32 now? I think Russell he's 32, Wilson. yeah. 
That's not old for quarterback, but still. And, he, and we know he's kind of insane. Yeah, he's a total weirdo. He's the weirdest quarterback in the league. Yep. I mean, yeah, I, I can't imagine, like, I just can't imagine, like, receivers and and people gelling with that guy. I can't imagine, like, him and DK. I can't imagine the conversation him and DK Metcalf have. <laughs> you know? What is that like? Russell Wilson's just a odd bird. It's like he's a robot programmed to do quarterback things, but not the human things that well. The when he was out and he was taking those snaps and in uh, in the in the pregame when he was not able to play, that was a peek into the insanity a little bit. And then doing the fake huddle, yep. Just what is going on? Then on the knee, like da, 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 and then clap, and then stood up and. <laughs> Come on, guys. It's like just like a child yeah. out there, like a five year old. It's like it sounds like Silas up there playing. It's like, are you okay, <laughs> Russell? You don't have. You can do this just at the practice facility. Yeah. We don't need you on the field pregame. Yeah, privately, bro. Yeah, what are you doing? Not it's, here. It's, because when you do that stuff, it seems like you're doing it for the cameras. Oh, absolutely. You know, and it's just like, come on, dude. Just be a little less cringeworthy. Are you not aware that you hold the title for corniest quarterback in the league? It's it's not even really close, is it? I mean, no. There's not. I mean, there's no one close. No. So he signed that new deal uh, in April of 2019. It was a four year, 140 million dollar deal. So 20, that is when? 2019. So that is a 37 million dollar cap hit next year. So that's there are teams that would happily take on that contract, every penny of it. There's a lot of quarterbacks going to be moving around. We got Rodgers uh, with everything happening today with um, Denver locking up Cortland Sutton. That was someone that could have potentially left. Um, I think that was. I think that's maybe a, a hint that hey, um, if you're a quarterback that needs a team, we got some pretty good come weapons over here. Yep. Yeah, Sutton and Judy and Fant and Patrick and. Javante Williams is going to ball next year if they get a quarterback. You got to go through the Chiefs, you know, and the Chargers, so that's tough in your own division. That is true. That is tough. You get a Rodgers in there, suddenly, you know, I think they're right there neck and neck with the Chiefs as far as, like, they'd have the, the door. They might, they'd have the best defense. We know they got the best, you know, they have the best defensive coach. But is Fangio the coach there next year? I think unless they make the playoffs, he's probably getting fired. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I do. I think that's unfortunate because I mean he hasn't really had much to work with. I think that they've they've done a good job of overachieving, honestly. I think he is a great defensive mind who probably is not well suited to be a head coach. He's like a Todd Bowles, right? Like you see Todd Bowles get out of New York in a situation where he doesn't have a lot to work with and then lights the world on fire as the defensive coordinator for Bruce Arians. Yeah. I think that is Fangio's destiny. And maybe Mike Zimmer's destiny if yeah. they don't make it back to the promised land of the playoffs as well. We're about to see these two guys unleash hell on the league in 2022 as defensive coordinators somewhere. Yep. Because they'll get snatched up. Like, make no mistake. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, they're great defensive minds. That'll I'd, be the pick of the offseason. Just don't know guys. that they're head coach, head coach material. Yeah. Kind of crotchety old men. Not really, I don't think, guys, the locker room's going to rally around, mm-hmm. right? So... Anyways, Addy, we did it. Minute and forty, uh, minute forty-two, hour and forty-two preview. Folks. Jesus Christ! Hope y'all got your feel for Thanksgiving. <laughs> it is twelve twenty-six a.m. here in the Central Time Zone. I'm going to spend the next hour editing these episodes together. So 
All right. Thankful for our listeners, Eddie. You don't got to do this one, Josh. You can do this one tomorrow. Just publish it. Just publish it. Just do it. Hey, just do it tomorrow. You ain't got to do it tonight. I'm going to do it tonight. I'm going to clear the decks <laughs> and we'll get it all done, Eddie. Well, thank you all for listening. We are thankful for the listeners, Addy. They make it worth it to uh, stay up till 1230 doing these preview shows. They do. We love y'all. We love doing the show. So we'll be back next week with our normal two-episode cadence and then uh, the first uh, week of December, first full week of December, we've got uh, Mikey Dubs coming back to give us his top starts for the playoffs. So make sure you don't go anywhere as we come into the home stretch we're going to take care of them addy as we've done all season we always do that's typically what we do right we usually have a heavy hitter yes come in and then playoff time yep and we're going to be talking pop tarts as well all right cool hell yeah top starts and pop tarts let's go what else can you ask for do you prefer them uh do you prefer them i guess we can get to it but we'll get to it there's a lot there's a lot of angles you can take with pop tarts yeah and i do i would love to do a taste test i think that would be a lot of fun now do you normally eat them toasted or do you just eat them cold I typically eat them cold, but yeah. I love them toasted as well. Yeah, toasted is great. Yeah, can't go wrong. We'll talk about it. I'll we'll get excited. into it. Yep. Y'all enjoy Thanksgiving whenever you're listening to this. If it's pre-Thanksgiving, hope you have a great holiday. If it's post-Thanksgiving, hope you're enjoying the leftovers. Hope you're enjoying the football. We will see you all next week. Don't talk shit about turkey. Yeah, please, God, don't talk shit about turkey. Don't do that. Howdy, peace, so. Howdy, peace, so. Howdy, peace, so. 